1: Hello, 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 and welcome everybody to the 298th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy legends over at Audio Technica. If you want the best in audio based equipment, head on over to audio technica.com immediately and fill up your shopping cart. I'm your extremely humble host, Brenda White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8 Bits. And joining me today, my podcast writer, Di, the She-Hulk to my Jen Walters. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ally Hart. Miss Allie Hart, how the bloody hell are
0: you? I'm sweaty. Um, is bloody hot. <laughs> It's really bad. Oh, I'm sweaty. Uh, it's weirdo. You know, like, was, what did I say before? Eighth consecutive day of a heat wave over here. And it's, it's not nice. Um, especially when I'm seeing, like, nice cloudy days from all my friends in Australia and posting rainy days and cold days and cloudy days. And I'm just like, I miss it so much. Uh, so, you know. Chugging, chugging, along, waiting for that uh, supposed winter that apparently happens over here. <laughs> Hang on, sorry, autumn or fall uh, that happens, but I think we don't really get that. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we are. Yeah, we're we sort of on the back end of winter over here, and it was uh, yeah, it was a cool time, and it's still a cooler time now as we've transitioned into into that spring period. It's uh, yeah, it's going to be a nice, balmy high of fourteen here in Melbourne today, which is uh, you know perfect weather in my opinion.
0: Like looking at my like eighty five degrees right now, so yeah. it's that's Fahrenheit. Apologies, it's hot. It's hot. Just believe me, it's hot. But you he's know, it's hot. Chugging along, chugging along. Well,
1: that's that's all we can do in this uh, crazy mixed up world, Miss Hart. But yes. uh, apart from sort of surviving heat waves, we can uh, try and survive or uncover the truths behind a little old ditty that both of us have jumped into yes. this week. Uh, this game was a bit of a bit of a global surprise packet one might say like it it, it's come out to much fanfare and much critical acclaim we're talking about obviously immortality which is uh done by sam barlow i've been playing it on the console version of game pass and you've been playing it on the pc version Mm. of game pass and miss Hart, i'm going to throw it over to you what do you think about this game called immortality uh it's it's an fmv which is, you know, uh, a throwback to yesteryear. I think. Anytime I think of FMB, <laughs> I think of you know the '90s and, and potentially early 2000s. But uh, you know, Sam Barlow, he's he's been around. Uh, he's he's sort of been involved in in works with sort of Silent Hill, and uh, he published his own game, Her Story, in 2015. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a big interactive fiction savant, and uh, immortality seems to uh, check all the right boxes, one might say.
0: Yeah, like um. The, the FMV kind of gaming space, it's it's having a weird kind of resurgence. Like like I agree with you. Like late nineties, maybe early two thousands. Um, is when I reckon they kind of had their peak. What was it? Was it be late nineties or would it be early nineties? I'm trying maybe to think early now. Maybe Maybe it's more early nineties because I remember Double Switch, um, which um had like uh Corey Corey Haim I believe in mm-hmm. it. And Blondie. Um, she was in it really? too. Yeah. Um, it, that was my favorite one. But then you also had Night, uh, Night Trap. Um, so, like, I, th- I think we really had this, like, awesome period where uh, a lot of us PC gamers... I know that it was on the Sega... What was it called? The, the Sega Dreamcast? No. Sega, Sega CD. CD. The on the Sega, CD. Yeah. So... Um, But yeah, now seeing that like FMVs are coming out again, we've had a small kind of like increase and obviously in the kind of thriller horror space is where it seems to excel. Um, And then so sometimes they're not so great. Sometimes they're good. And then when I saw Immortality kind of appear and I saw that it was FMV, at first I was like, oh, I wonder if this is one of the good ones or one of the bad ones. And then just like you said, everyone's been saying how amazing it is. I'm like. Cool, that's all I need. You actually messaged me and said, Oh, I'm actually playing this. And I went, I I wanna play this. Let me I installed it and got onto <laughs> it and like played it for quite some time. And ah, oh, I didn't know what I was gonna get out of this game based on the very ambiguous blurb about it. Um, mm-hmm. but it's been so cool. It's been so eerie and 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 like a little bit creepy at times, and it's probably not that. Best reference, but kind of like the movie with Nicolas Cage of <laughs> Eight oh, Millimeter is eighty-eight millimeter. Yeah, yes. like you know, kind of like like going through footage that was like never released, and obviously, like full disclosure, this game has a lot of boobies, like yeah. a lot of full-on boobies and sex scenes, you know, soft sex scenes. But mm-hmm. that was a little confronting to be like, oh, oh, okay, all right, all right, you know. But um, just, yeah, I, I love this idea of like kind of watching a video and then scanning through it and replaying it, rewinding it, going slow motion and, and then clicking through the video on something that was there to see if, if it links to something else or another video kind of thing. So um, it has been a lot of fun. I don't think I'm anywhere near what would be an ending yet. <laughs> I'm not too sure, but um, I'm kind of glad because I'm having a lot of fun just going through this and, you know, diving in more and unlocking more of this uh, story.
1: Yeah, so, so the story in in itself is, um, yeah, it, it's based on a fictional model-turned-actress named Marissa Marcel. And she sort of comes out of nowhere in the late '60s and, and stars in, in three or multiple movies. But the game itself is focusing on three movies that she was part of between 1969 and 1999. And so, yeah, you're first presented with um, this one little pane of video footage from one of those from one of those films, a scene in there. And what, what you're doing, in essence, like as as you said there, Miss Hard is where. We're scrubbing footage, we're we're watching these scenes back and we can pause on certain moments and you you have the ability to sort of uh, go into what they're calling image mode and then you can click on the characters in the scene you've paused at and um, you can click on that character and then it'll loop you into another scene or another background behind the scenes piece from, from filming. And so you're working through, from what I understand, there's over 200 individual pieces of footage in this game collectively across the three movies and the making ofs and things. And you need to determine what's happened to Marissa because she's gone missing. So you're trying to solve the mystery of Marissa Marcel by digging through all this footage and trying to see what has happened to her off the back end of 1999 and seeing her, I guess, come up through the film game and and you're seeing things like from the production crew behind the scenes and running lines and then like real-life footage and behind-the-scenes stuff is what's happening in her life or the other character lives. So you're starting to get familiar with the actors she's playing um, besides the directors, the writers, the, the production team on set. And then there's some other stuff that just gets thrown in over the top. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to spoil it, but there's other things that they just throw in during this sort of pretty simple gameplay loop that, yeah, make you very uncomfortable and throw you like off the path and then you start questioning what the hell is going on what is happening now i thought i understood what was going on on with these characters and then you're like i know nothing and now i feel really gross and help me
0: in reference to one of the things that you're saying and we're not spoiling i this is one of the like kind of like scares kind of thing because i i love my favorite one of my favorite horror genres is found footage I love found footage like horror like that that's the ones that really give me the heebie-jeebies like um like like the ring with the ring video and all that sort of stuff like I just love anything that makes me uncomfortable and there was a moment um in the in this game that kind of got me and I was just like like it made me kind of like oh like really really eerie me and I, I loved it I thought it was really well done so um yeah I, I I think this game has just been a hidden gem and it's just like it's it's getting great reviews. Metacritic apparently is sitting at 90% so oh, is huge yeah yeah so um, I, I think if you are a lover of FMV um, how did you find like because I went to play it on PC because to me that's what I knew that's all, what I always played um these kind of games on. So how was it playing it on a console?
1: It wasn't too bad, like, yeah, like, thinking now, if I had a mouse, I could navigate these these scenes and screens a lot quicker, but the stick movement and using the the, the triggers to sort of f- scrub backwards and forwards and whatever worked pretty well. Like, um, it was a little jarring to begin with, I think, when the game first starts, because it gives you a very quick tutorial as far as, yeah. here's the things down the side, press these buttons, and, and away you go, and then unless you're paying full attention, maybe taking notes, you're sort of treading water again to try and remember just what you were shown. So there was probably five, 10 minutes at the start where I'm like, am I doing the right thing? What is, if I press LB and that icon change, what does that mean again? So there was a little bit of relearning yeah. what I was doing. And then I started leaning more into when you're dumping through these these pieces of footage that you uncover through your, through your research and, and your exploration, uh, favoriting them was what I started to do then because once you start jumping into a panel and then into another panel, then you're like five scenes deep from where you began. You were like, shit, I missed something in there that I wanted to try and look at. So I'd like back out a lot, favorite that, and then dig down the rabbit hole deeper and then go back to my favorite panel so I could sort of stitch the stories together a little bit better because it was just overwhelming when you were unlocking so many new scenes.
0: Yeah, you know what? I did not use the favorite like once and i realized now that that would have been helpful because i remember seeing it i'm like who's favoriting scenes perverts um (laughs) (laughs) scenes. Yeah. now i realize (laughs) it's actually a really good reason for it too so um but i'm gonna say like based on hearing your experience then pc easy like it was very very user-friendly literally just point click you know hold push like you know scroll it's it was actually pretty easy to use on the PC and mouse and a little bit of keyboard, so.
1: Mm. But it's it's really good and, like, I like that you are, a, you feel like you're equal parts detective and equal parts, like, film student or something. Yeah, You're scrubbing all this footage and you've got to pay attention to, because there's scenes playing out, so you're just paying attention to the characters paying attention to objects in the foreground and the background because if you can pause on them, there might be moments where you can, like, um, focus on, say, a candle in the background or a yeah. note on the ground or a weapon or whatever. And if you click on that at all, then you pivot to another scene in one of those three movies or some interview clips or whatever it is. And so the breadcrumbs are just going everywhere. Like, it yeah. feels like Charlie Day red conspiracy <laughs> string going on as you're doing this because there is shit going on all over the place. But it's really, really cool... And it's so unlike anything I've played this year, but I think that's why it maybe resonates even more because it's just stands so far apart compared to everything else we've been playing.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Like, like you're kind of right where the game kind of drops you in. It gives you a very basic kind of like here's how you navigate, here's how you scan through stuff, like, you know, there you go, enjoy. And it doesn't really kind of instruct you on what you're meant to be looking for or how you're meant to be playing this game, really. You kind of just feel your way through it. And I was really impressed with how quickly I was just like, okay, so okay, I'll, I just watch this and all right, now do I just go back to the start and then you know after fiddling around with a few things and then you're like oh now okay I get this I get what we're doing here so um, it's been pretty impressive that a lot of people have re- like had such a great experience with it too because that was my first thought I'm like I wonder how many people understand like like what they're meant to be doing here and mm. how it you know evolves. Um, but yeah, I, I want to play more of it. I want to kind of get more into the story and everything like that. And a part of me also now wants to go back and play her story because I feel like maybe I've missed out on something, um, in missing that game. So I might have to go back and try that one.
1: Yeah. It's, it's been really fun. And like, even just seeing a lot of people in, in our sort of orbit amongst the, the game space here, like some, like Wilco randomly messaged me during the week on social media and he's like. I need to get on a podcast with you and talk about this game. And it's like, that's not a game I'd ever think like would be hand in hand with Wilco because he's, he's a big, you know, racing sim yeah. guy traditionally. And something like this has latched, like latched its hooks into him. And it's just, it's come out of nowhere. And the fact that it's part of Game Pass, which is another great get for, for Microsoft and Xbox because uh, it, it's not available on PlayStation. It's Game Pass- pc and it's also going to be dropping on netflix through their you know their ios based gaming functionality you can do there so that's where it's sort of falling in in line as far as where you can play this thing but Mm. it's awesome and i'm really enjoying just this change of pace comparative to you know i've been playing a lot more Fortnite and things like that obviously where this is i can sit back and relax and go through these things at my own speed and Feel like I'm some detective, like I'm in a weird SVU case or something like that, and I'm scrubbing footage and then finding certain things in there, and then getting the the, the vibrational based cue in the controller when there's something irk, irking in the shadows. You could say. Oh,
0: I got the music cues. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so you get a we get a, a music tonal change in the background audio, but then also with the Xbox controller. You sort of get a bit of a vibrational pulse where it sort of alludes to there's something more here you need to be looking for at certain junctures in the footage. It's not in every piece you find, but there is certain cues where it's like, pay more attention or do something different here mm-hmm. and things will appear yeah, or not appear or lead you down a path. And it's great. And it's kind of cool watching these three movies as well, like at the same time. And
0: just seeing the evolution of like cinema and, you know, how differently these you know different movie and styles and how movies are created and how that changes and mm-hmm. i i love that element about it too
1: yeah like that first movie that they're shooting in 69 ambrosio like shot in like shot on like set in italy
0: mm-hmm. and seeing
1: that and some of the set pieces and yeah using those old throwback cinematography skills and tricks and tropes and it's just really cool to see and then all the other tropes amongst cinema as well, as far as, you know, the pervy the pervy directors yeah. and the egotistical leads and all that kind of stuff. Like, it's all executed really well. Like, the acting in this is really, really yes. well done. Yes, yeah,
0: yes, really, really good. Like, sometimes the FMV, like, genre can kind of get mm, some interesting acting. Uh, but, yeah, everyone was impressive. Like, a lot of the main cast that kind of reoccurred in the um, game, like, really great work.
1: Yeah, and some of the writing, like... It's very hammy as far as the scripts for the films go, but oh, yeah. seeing it like played out on screen is fantastic. Like there was that one scene in, um, in uh, where the where the police officer's at like an art gallery, and she's there, and she's like, "Oh, are you a collector?" He's like, "No, I'm a cop."
0: <laughs> it's like Maybe another like time, that. yeah. Yeah, it
1: just crack me up. But yeah, it's it's really really heckin' good, and if you're on Game Pass already, get this on the download asap because it's fun and. You can play it at your own pace and you're going to have a great time with it and it feels like you're watching movies at the same time as playing a game. Like Mm -hmm. That's one of the things I love with FMB. It sort of melds genres and media styles together and this has done really well. So Sam Barlow and Half Mermaid Productions have uh, hit it out of the park, I think. And um, I'd definitely say it's it's 8-bit approved from my side.
0: Yeah, definitely from my side.
1: Immortality, check it out on... uh, yeah. Xbox, PC, via Game Pass, and coming to Netflix. Or It might have just arrived on the Netflix mobile ports. I don't know, but it's close to there as well. So, uh, yeah, you've got options to play it on a whole host of platforms. But, yeah, Immortality, one of the surprise hits of 2022. Miss Hart, what else have you been doing this week?
0: I just wanted to give a nod to a series that kind of started called uh, Welcome to Wrexham. And it's a documentary based on the, the small Welsh football team um, that ends up getting bought by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McHennany. I never know how to say his name. The guy from... Mac- Mac- I,
1: I just say Mc Mac-
0: Is that how you say it? McElhaney? Oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. The guy from Always Sunny for everyone else that's, so you know, kind of wondering what they're blabbering on about. But they they buy a, a small football team, Welsh football team, and it's a documentary that kind of follows what their intentions are, what the football team and what the community is experiencing at the time, and then, like, what the buyover means and what it means to kind of build up a team, especially in the syndicate that is, like... I, I'm assuming it's all football slash soccer, um, but it's it's been – actually, it's only just started. It's only had like two episodes out. It might be three episodes by the time this releases, but it's it's very heartfelt. It's a, a really good insight to seeing how sometimes having a sport team um, and how that impacts a small community. Um, and it's just also good just learning about like like football, soccer – um, from different areas and it being like the main sport over there really. So um, I don't know how Australians can watch it. I've been watching it on Hulu, but if it, I believe it's an FX documentary. So maybe okay. if there's things that there's, there's a service out there in Australia where you can watch um, programs that are made by FX, which is used to be the people that took care of Always Sunny. I don't know if they still do, but yeah, that would be the place to watch it. But so far the, two, three episodes in and it's um it's been really lovely to watch. Um it's been really great insight. It's very like it's full of heart. It's you know, there's some funny moments and some sweet moments and some sad moments too. But um I've I've actually really been enjoying it so far. So it's a bit pun the pun, pun, but a bit left field for me. But since I surprisingly enjoyed it, I think others might enjoy it too. Mm.
1: And, and you can watch it here in Australia on Disney plus oh, so cool. any anything that Hulu seems to uh, have their DNA in it's on Disney plus here for us in Australia. so uh, yeah, it looks fine because I've sort of indirectly I wouldn't say followed along but like this is something that I've seen just through socials for years like when they first became um, co-owners or majority owners or, or whatever the percentage split is and I always thought like it was very interesting to see an American and a Canadian, uh, purchase, uh, you know, a European football club and, and whatever else, and it's it's kind of cool that this this small club is getting a lot of attention off the back of that celebrity. But they seem genuinely invested and genuinely care about yeah. this this club and the direction it's going at. So it's 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 really cool. I like it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, give it look. Yeah, it's very very sweet, and it's a very interesting look at like just. Yeah, how sports impact communities and how it can be a positive, and then other things that can be negatives, and too. So, um, yeah, so I guess Australians check Disney Plus if you haven't.
1: Nice, nice. Well, Miss Hart, I watched something as well, and I'm going to weave this into to weave or not to weave, Miss Hart. So, I'm going to read you, you this synopsis, and you can tell me if you're in or you're out on this little ditty. So, professional wrestler Genzu Shibata sports the body of a mountain, but beneath his hulking appearance is a man with an extreme affection for animals. Facing off his opponents in the ring as a legendary animal mask, Genzu wins the hearts of crowds everywhere with his iconic tiger persona. During the bout for the title of world champion against his greatest rival, the Macadamian Ogre, Genzu is suddenly summoned to a fantasy world by a princess. With her kingdom being threatened by a monster infestation, she pleads the wrestler for assistance, in which she answers by knocking her out with a German suplex. Escaping the castle and finding himself stranded in a mystery land, Genzu decides to begin his career as a beast hunter to capture and befriend creatures far and wide. Joined by the wolf girl Shigure, the dragon girl Hanako, and the vampire Carmilla Vanstein, the professional wrestler pursues all kinds of dangerous requests for the sake of fulfilling his dream to become a pet shop owner. So, Miss Hart, are you in on Kimono Mishi Rise Up? Are you in on this fantastic, absurd anime that I watched front to back this week and I absolutely adored it?
0: You had me at the start and then you lost me when Magical Princess brought him to her (laughs) castle. Which seems to be a running theme for you. Um, so I'm not in. You had me at the start, but then you lost me. Ah,
1: Yeah. So, so it follows that Issachar trope, you know, person in, in current society, asterisks gets transported to a fantasy realm, brought in as, the, as, as a hero to, you know, save the realm from all the badness. But all he wants to do is, you Own know, all store. these beasts that are running rampant, he wants to tame all the big beasts and open up a pet store, And in between, he's just a wrestler. So he's fighting, you know, fantasy creatures and knights and mages and stuff with wrestling moves, which Mm -hmm. is phenomenal. But then he like brings in a lot of those wrestling tropes into this fantasy world. And then there's wrestling matches and all this stuff. And it is just so heckin' funny. I I was in stitches for these 12 episodes. So we've only had one season of. of uh, Kimono Mishi Rise Up, which makes me sad because I want more of it. But uh, this was a combination that I never knew would exist, but obviously in the anime world, everything is. (laughs) Everything's possible. (laughs) So professional wrestling meets fantasy in a fantastic little comedic situation. And watching this guy just uh, German suplex just about everybody. Like he's German suplexing royalty all the time and it just made me laugh very much. So uh, Kimono Mishi Rise Up, Gives my 8-bit approved, that's for sure. But Miss Hart, you're out. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, quick bit of housekeeping. Obviously, uh, be sure to rate, view, subscribe, this podcast and all the other podcasts on too on the regular via Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Takes you no time, costs you no money and means the world to us and all the other podcasters you are supporting and by doing so, you can also go into the draw to win an ATHGL3 gaming headset from our friends over at Audio Technica. To enter, all you've got to do is uh, screenshot that rating or review for THG or any of the other 8-bit podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to go in the draw. Just uh, email hallowed8bit.net, hit us up on them socials with the DM at Are 8 bit or just drop it in the Discord uh, with the links to the Discord in the show notes below. But Miss Hart, shall we jump into some news? Let's do it. This week's
0: news headlines,
1: and these are uh, these first two quick hitters. Uh, I guess you could uh, classify them as China number one, and you'll understand more so why in a second here. So, Sony Interactive Entertainment and SixJoy Hong Kong, which is a subsidiary of Tencent, have acquired new shares in Japanese studio From Software by way of a third-party allotment. In a document shared by From Software's parent company Kadokawa Corporation, as spotted by VGC this week, SixJoy has bought 16.25% of shares in the Dark Souls developer, while Sony has taken a 14.09% stake. Kadokawa will remain will retain the remaining 69.66% of shares. In the notice the firm stated it in quotes recognizes the enhancement of capabilities for the creation development and deployment of game ip as one of the group's highest priorities end quote they then go on to say through the implementation of the fund procurement from software will aim to proactively invest in development of more powerful game ip for itself to strengthen from software's development capabilities and will seek to establish a framework that allows the expansion of the scope of its own publishing in the significantly growing global market. The company also added that it chose to allocate shares to Tencent, uh, to Tencent because of its efforts to promote media mix strategy targeting the Chinese market and highlighting the firm's capabilities to develop and deploy mobile games and other technologies, which it hopes to levy to increase from software's user base. So, Miss Hart. This and then the the follow-up article we'll talk about in a second. Or should I just read the follow-up article and we can sort of look at it all in one Read the
0: follow-up and then we can kind of just like hit it all on on the head.
1: All right. So so dotted line relation in regards to that sort of uh, China influence. So China-based publisher NetEase has acquired French developer Quantic Dream for an undisclosed sum. The studio will operate independently and continue to be led by David Cage and Goulamé Del Fondé that's a tough one. Apologies on that second name there, Glame. I, I probably butchered it, but uh, hasn't made it easy. NetEase previously invested in Quantic Dream, taking minority stake back in 2019. Speaking to gamesindustry.biz at the time, the studio discussed how this enabled it to branch beyond making PlayStation exclusives and targeting a wider variety of platforms. Now, under the full ownership of NetEase, the developer becomes the Chinese giant's first studio in Europe, and a key part of its new parent's global expansion strategy. So, NetEase and Tencent—they're not affiliated at all together, apart from the the Chinese influence for both those respective companies. Yeah. But um, two big acquisitions or two big, you know, stake ownership movements there with Sony and SixJoy. Uh, taking collectively over 30% of uh, shares in from software and also then Quantic Dream, uh, most notably known for you know Heavy Rain, Detroit Become Human, things like that, have been purchased in full by NetEase. So China are just starting to flex more of that muscle and uh, take stakes in big studios all over the place. Big times.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Quantic Dream one, when I initially heard about it, I'm like, oh, they're trying to, like, they're trying to, like, take over a a, a company that has been tarnished by someone but he's, he's still led by the <laughs> still leading the company so that's not what they were doing but we uh Quantic dream is working is it final fantasy titles is that what they're, they're working, working
1: on? on a star wars title at that's the moment true,
0: yeah so i was like wondering if that was the angle of buying them up but you know uh ten cent um buying up more shares i believe they already had shares and they just bought additional same with yeah that's correct i mean yeah like i i never know i never understand the dangers of how much owning so much and how that can impact uh, a studio or releases or you know console exclusivity um hearing that they're talking about mobile games is always an interesting angle although I can't really poo-poo mobile games anymore because I've now become a big player of games on my mobile. Um, but I do believe a lot of people kind of frown upon Ten Cent's involvement in anything due to a lot of uh, political stances and such. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're just going to keep on hearing about companies and studios and everything getting bought up by bigger, bigger groups and such. And I guess, like... A China-based company buying a French developer is, you know, makes it quite a global, global company now. But uh, like, I mean, we've been dealing with American groups buying, you know, big studios over here. So, yeah, it's always interesting, kind of looking at this from a microscope of like just small studios, big studios, different countries buying up places. So, I don't know. It's always interesting to see the about the impact and seeing if actually anything big or massive comes from these or if we'll mm. just forget about it eventually.
1: It's it's the arms race, isn't it? Like you look at we always talk about the the Sony and Microsoft sort of uh yeah. trying to sort of not well dominate's not the right word, but you know, like they're they're very aggressive in acquisitions and mergers and things. So we're always talking about what Sony and Microsoft are doing and a lot of also what Embracer Group are doing because they're also one of these yeah. hungry, hungry hippos just gobbling up people. And then Ten is doing the same thing. But the funny thing is Tencent's the biggest one out of all of them. Like um, like just looking at some numbers with Tencent, like mm. quarter on quarter, they're doing close to $7 billion in game revenue roughly every quarter at the moment. And they're, they're one of the largest uh, companies in the world, irrespective of gaming or not. Like um, they, they own things like WeChat. They're obviously, they own Riot Games. They've got Tencent Music, which has got nearly 900 million active users in it. So, you know, they've got a lot of uh, tech tentpole acquisitions there that that make them sort of stand up amongst Google and Amazon, you could say, which is is insane to think about. And they're only going to get bigger, and, and now they're starting to, I guess shift from from an eastern focus into the western market with sure. things like from software and, and other acquisitions we're only going to see more and more of this like they, they're making a lot of their money through the the mobile arm of gaming because that's the most profitable space in video games but seeing them now get involved in power in partnership direct indirectly almost with sony there with with the from software one that's a little bit scary like if Ten Cent try and take a little bit more influence in that regard and do they try and buy stakes in sony eventually like is that the ultimate play like them trying to pick up one of the big leaders in the uh in the gaming space with a sony or a microsoft or a nintendo i don't know if there's some clashes there with with nintendo and and tencent but yeah tencent uh they're, they're a big old beast and yeah we don't talk about them any near near as regularly as the other ones but when they make the moves they make them in a big way like yeah. obviously they they picked up you know pubg at its at its height of its powers and things like that so they're not opposed to throwing money around and uh, from software are only going to get bigger and seeing a, a from soft game pivot into the mobile space yeah probably make some money yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting. And the NetEase one, yeah, like they've had a relationship with Quantic Dream for quite a while. And, yeah, the controversial David Cage will still be heading up that studio yeah. now and into the future. But, uh, yeah, maybe this will allow them to expand on their gaming repertoire as well and, and add a little bit more further immersion to their, their very uh, divisive titles. Uh, yeah. I really liked Detroit Become Human. I think it was great obviously heavy, heavy rain Rain's Rain's one of my
0: favorite games yeah
1: Mhm. but uh yeah china are certainly starting to put their fingers in in as many uh video game shaped pies as they can here and will continue to probably report on other mergers and acquisitions in the coming weeks months years with tencent just uh doing what they do mm. um the next part uh Certainly, this, this story, they no longer want to do what they do. Uh, and this uh, relates to Twitch streamer Tyler Ninja Blevins. Uh, he's going to be taking a break from streaming. Obviously, Ninja is known for streaming Fortnite predominantly and is currently, currently the most followed channel on Twitch with over 18 million followers. Has uh, been posting some unusual things on his social media accounts, which is not a surprise. Occasionally he has these outbursts and things that are a little bit of a head-scratcher, but um, (laughs) it's left some people confused as to what exactly has happened recently. So as early as yesterday, Ninja tweeted to say, in quotes, big things are coming. No other context was provided at the time, but then he began a two and a half hours long stream. And after the stream ended, Ninja tweeted again saying, I just need a break. I don't know when I'll be back or where. So uh, Ninja and also I saw Pokimane also... Posted some similar things where they've got a bit of streamer fatigue going on, a bit of burnout, and uh, they're going to be taking a break from Twitch and all things associated with uh, streaming, Miss Hart. What do you think about this?
0: I mean, it's not going to affect either of them too badly. They both have their respective companies you know, working in the background, churning out money. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I know that most streamers obviously find um, taking a break being one of the most riskiest choices that they can because a lot of them do see a decline in viewership and subscriptions and they kind of, a lot of them probably feel like they're kind of starting, starting with half of what they kind of left with essentially. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, yeah, with ty- with Ninja and Pokimane, uh, it's, it's, it's probably just going to look like a drop. I think it's very interesting that especially in this article, uh, Ninja got referred to as having the most followers, not subscribers.
1: Mhm. Yeah, he's he's uh he's fallen down a bit of the pecking order the mm. last obviously with his pivot to pivot to another platform there which didn't work out and then he came back to twitch and you know he's he's never gonna be you know short of money that's for sure like and he's done phenomenally well in his uh in his career to date but yeah he's no longer the uh the the top of the totem pole as far as content creation goes but he's still doing very well but yeah they just need to need to take a break like with anything um you can suffer burnout in in any type of employment and and it's probably sure. just feels like it's hit both of these two for various reasons and they just need to need to take some annual leave per se and mm-hmm. uh, rest reset and reevaluate and see what happens because you've got to take care of your mental health no matter what industry you're in
0: of course, yeah. I just, in the streamer perspective, I assume both of them have uh, contracts. Um, and when you get to a higher level, where essentially whatever streaming platform you're with, it gets to that stage where they pay you to stay on their platform, which usually comes with contractual terms of how how many hours you play a week mm-hmm. and a how month many ads and a exactly. year. So I'm curious like how these um, contracts have gone with them taking breaks and then him having a very ambiguous i don't know when i'll be back or where which i'm sure is him implying that he's probably in talks to maybe changing streaming platforms even though now twitch recently said like you can you can stream here or you can stream on youtube if you want just not at the same time mm-hmm. so i don't know very, very yeah. interesting
1: very interesting and and yeah be curious to see if that does relate to that uh that sort of relaxing of, of Twitch as far as allowing you to stream elsewhere. But I know if you are contracted, that's not applicable. So if you are signed to an exclusive oh. contract, if if you're partnered, that's one thing, but if you sign to one of their creator contracts, that's a big no no gotcha. A of yeah, that makes so, sense. Uh, yeah, but maybe maybe ninjas uh been been skirting some some big offers from YouTube to jump over there and and make that his home. Who knows? But uh yeah, we'll, we'll see more as this unfolds in the coming weeks or months. And, uh, yeah, very curious to know uh, what that, yeah, that ambiguous statement is from <laughs> uh, Mr. Blevins there and what that alludes to. Uh, the next bit of news. So Xbox has officially announced its Game Pass Friends and Family plan, which has already been made available in Colombia and the Republic of Ireland at time of recording. So we're recording, obviously, on Saturday, the 3rd of September. So Xbox Game Pass, friends and family will allow up to five people to get access to all of the Game Pass ultimate benefits such as cloud streaming, EA Play membership and discounts on the Game Pass library. The plan is priced at um, 21 euros 99 a month. So if we were to quickly convert that, that's $35 Australian. So the pricing for other regions, Australia, US, so on and so forth is yet to be announced, but just as a dollar for dollar comparison, $35 is what it comes out to. Uh, And the great thing is anyone who changes from a different plan to Game Pass friends and family will have any time remaining converted automatically. So uh, for one month of Game Pass Ultimate on PC, it will become 18 days of Game Pass friends and family. So it's a month-on-month sub still. Uh, Microsoft has shared some rules and limitations of joining the group plan. So only people who live in the same country slash region as you can be added to your friends and family plan and people can only be a member of one group at a time. So you can't be in multiple Game Pass friends and family groups. You Once you sign up to one or join up for one, you are locked in there and you'll have to leave to then rejoin the other one. And you can only do that twice in one calendar year. There is a full FAQ available on those other details. But Miss Hart, this translates roughly to, if I was to, to convert my Xbox Game Pass to this friends and family offering here in Australia... I can then incorporate four other people. Sadly, you can't be part of my Game Pass no. ecosystem because you're on the other side of the world. Yeah. But let's say you know Jono, Benny, NATO, and my sister all want to get involved on it, and that translates roughly then from from a service that was fifteen dollars a month going down to seven dollars a month each. So massive, massive savings. You're getting half the money uh, saved per month. Mm -hmm. by not losing any of the services and functionality. So uh, Game Pass friends and family, I think it's going to be, you know, pun partially intended, a bit of a game changer again.
0: I think it's actually incredible that they went down this route because we are familiar with this kind of service when we have our streaming platforms like Netflix and whatever, where they usually let you have additional accounts, even though they've been kind of like, you know, a bit strict on now who you share that with. Uh, But streaming with like, up to five people can get access and then as you did like you know you you share with friends and then you cut the costs and then you you know share the difference between each other I was genuinely shocked because Game Pass is already an amazing service we talk about it all the time I'm sure a lot of you are sick of us talking about it but when something's good it's good I was shocked to see that they would go down this route because my what I've always figured is that Xbox will be doing something to just claw everyone in, enjoy the service, love the service, not want to lose the service, and then they'd start price hiking. Mm-hmm. But then to do something like this still just seems really like <laughs> the opposite direction. No, yeah, don't no, give access to other people for a cheaper rate. Yeah, no, definitely share it out. Like share the love. So I think it's great. I definitely didn't think it's what they would the direction they would head, maybe they still will. Maybe this is you latching on another, you know, four people and then yourself and then they'll raise the price. So I don't know. It's, it's incredible, but I, I, am such a pessimistic person that I'm just, I'm (laughs) waiting for it. I'm like waiting for the, like, you know, the the rug. Yeah. To be pulled from under me. So yeah, it's good. But yeah,
1: it's, it's, it's a great value and like, it's a very pro consumer move and, yeah, the fact that you you and four other friends or family members can share this account without any major caveats is is great. Like one thing to be mindful of, if those you know you and those four people that are splitting this family plan, it can only be assigned to the that primary um, gamer tag for that Xbox. So say. Say, um, you know, O is part of that family plan I just mentioned with myself. If if his partner also had an account on that same shared Xbox, they would not be able to get use of Game Pass as well. So it's attached one user per Xbox per household. So, you know, that's not a bad thing. It's just that they've got that clear line in the sand there. But yeah, you and four friends or family members or enemies or however you want to describe <laughs> it, 35 bucks a month, you know, that pricing could change. That's just doing the straight conversion to what's confirmed for the the um, irish pricing at 21.99 euros but for for roughly seven ish dollars at the moment with that straight conversion as opposed to game pass ultimate which i pay i think 14.99 a month or 14.95 a month i'm already saving half the money not losing any services and also being able to bring in people into that plan is a great 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 move by xbox and microsoft yeah All right, the next bit of news. Uh, Johnny Silverhand is going to be returning to the stage this week. So Cyberpunk 2077 developer City Project Red will reveal its plans for the future on the game this coming week via a fresh live stream. They're calling it a special episode of the developer's Night City Wire video series. It's going to be broadcast next Tuesday, the 6th of September slash Wednesday, the 7th of September here for us in Australia in the early hours of the morning. Will this be when we finally get a glimpse of Cyberpunk 2077's long-awaited multiplayer content? Will we see a single-player expansion, or is this just more hairstyles for V? City Project Red has also said it will discuss its upcoming anime Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which is headed to Netflix on 13th of September as well. The series is billed as a 10 episode collaboration between Cyberpunk 2077 developer City Project and Japanese animation studio Trigger, most notably known for Little Witch Academia and Killer Kill. That tells the story of a street kid trying to survive in the technology and body modification-obsessed Night City. So this week, we've got Night City Wire, video series, special broadcast edition. I saw the trailer for Cyberpunk Runners this week. Looks, looks pretty cool. really fucking slick. Like, it looks cool. I'm keen to watch that one. It's out in, what, 10 days from now, which is awesome. But yeah, do we finally get some multiplayer? Do we finally get confirmation of the expansion when it's coming out and what it entails miss heart i i'm hungry to go back to cyberpunk 2077 and i will go back with new content but uh when's it coming who knows what's it going to be who also knows but uh we'll get a bit of an idea of the direction this coming week
0: yeah i just i'm like why did i stop playing my second round of cyberpunk oh that's right my xbox broke um so I I do need to kinda of go back to my my new my new save of the game and keep at it. I don't know if I want multiplayer. Like are we are we talking like uh like GTA online multiplayer? I don't think anyone's console or PC will be able to handle that much chaos. <laughs> um but I, I'm I'm happy for new content, maybe some more stories, maybe some um more side missions and such. And yeah, the anime actually looks pretty cool um killer kill I see but for some reason it reminded me of a uh, music video I only know the song called me 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 but it has the same kind of like vibe and style to it and flow so um yeah it's it's got me intrigued I just hope that you know it the story is pretty decent and it just doesn't lumber on and drag because when a story drags that's when it loses me a little bit so 10% Oh, i percent looking forward to the event, seeing what they have to say.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 eagerly optimistic on mm. the the anime at the very least because Netflix they seem to be onto a bit of a good thing with these video game adaptations they're working on. You know, we saw with what they've done Castlevania, even the the Witcher animated series they've done on there was good. Obviously the live action Witcher was phenomenal what they've done with the, the League of Legends uh, universe as well yeah. has been fantastic. So let's see what happens with Edge Runners. But I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping we get some dates for this single-player, like if there's a single-player expansion, if we can jump back into that world with your saved character and continue that storyline. Heck and yeah. I'm curious, as you mentioned, like how will the multiplayer work? Like is it going to be... We can go quest together. Can you join my instance and, and we can do some of the missions already? Or is it going to be a bit more of a GTA online vibe or is it going to be like shutters, a battle Royale or something? I don't know. So uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, we don't have to wait too long. We'll be reporting on this on episode uh, two ninety nine two ninety nine of THG uh, in the, in the next week or so, as far as what happens off the back of this night city wire video broadcast. So uh, yeah, it's at least, at least we've got some news because now, this has been a bit of a bumpy release and update schedule from CD Projekt regarding Cyberpunk, so yeah. hopefully this is going to be more good news.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's always hard to kind of talk about the negativity of Cyberpunk, but I had a really good experience, even with the bugs. So.
1: Me too, yeah. me too. Like, we all talked about it glowingly in our spoiler cast a couple of years ago
0: yeah.
1: uh, when the game came out. It was great. Yeah, it wasn't without its warts, but you know what? Had a heck of a good time.
0: Yeah, just, I guess, a little bit sad of what it could have been if it was even more polished. But yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. oh well, mm-hmm. still good. Yes. Speaking of things that don't have a lot of polish on day one, I've titled this bit of news, not even Beyonce can save this halo. Hopefully people understand that wordplay there. Um, I thought I was pretty funny at about 1am putting that together, but uh, I was also very sleep deprived on a bit of a fortnight high. So who knows? Uh, so this news reads, 343 Industries has shared its latest development roadmap, and it's not good news. The biggest news is that the game's next season has been delayed to March of 2023. Oh. That's, an excruciating, uh, that's an excruciatingly long time to wait. For context, Battlefield 2042, which released around the same time and also suffered delays, is also on Season 2 with the next season planned for the end of this year. Mm. The bad news doesn't end there, as split-screen local co-op has now been cancelled outright. "Quote reads: In order to improve and accelerate ongoing live service development and to better address player feedback and quality of life updates, we have reallocated studio resources and are no longer working on local campaign split screen uh, split screen co-op." End quote. Three four three said in an accompanying development video. 343 appears to be aware of how long players have been waiting so as a stopgap the developer is releasing a winter update in november the update will contain two new maps detachment and argyle a new game mode as well as quality of life improvements but the biggest features coming with the update is the addition of forge mode and campaign online co-op forge mode will make an appearance as a beta while campaign online co-op will be released as a fully fledged mode after months of closed beta testing As for Season 3, expect to see new arena and big team battle maps, a new weapon, new game modes, and, of course, a new battle pass. It does, however, feel to be too little too late. In October, Activision's highly anticipated Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 will launch, as well as Blizzard's Overwatch 2. And then, obviously, we've got new Destiny 2 content coming in February of next year as well. The FPS genre is incredibly crowded right now and only getting more crowded as the months go on. So, uh holy guacamole like this has been um a bit of a busted ass release from the jump like i had a great time playing halo infinite i've finished the the single player campaign happy with the story happy with the gameplay played some multiplayer had a great time jumping back in with friends and family and foes in that regard but online campaign co-op coming in november ish cool but i've got no interest in going back i just couldn't care
0: I, I had such a great time um, playing like just PVP um, when the first launched and a few like a month or so or a f- few months after that. but it did get stale. It got very repetitive and then it was started competing with other games starting to get their releases and such, which I think is what took me away from Halo. Um, but I always said, I'll, I'll come back because I want to do the story and I'll just do I'll oh, we'll do catch co-op with my husband and we'll do the story together. Well, I guess that's not happening. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I ain't going back.
1: Well, well, you could play on one on PC, one on Xbox, so you still could do it together. I mean, I guess in the we, same room. I guess
0: we could, but like, I was kind of looking forward to the couch co-op experience. Like, a lot of games don't do it anymore. Um, I mean, at least it takes two. Kind of did, but yeah, like, I just, I just. That was the thing that was gonna like bring me back, and I was gonna play the camp, play my first campaign of Halo because I've never played a Halo campaign, and now I'm not doing it because they took away the one way I was gonna play it. I'm sorry, (laughs) but like, you know. And then I'm not familiar with Forge mode, but I know a lot of people were asking for it. But as this uh, like article reads, the first person shooter space is full of titles, tons. You are competing for like the player base and there is a lot of the same a lot of similar and then obviously a lot of new new coming out and it's just difficult and then unfortunately halo just now has this negative halo like over their head based on how they've handled everything so it's going to be really freaking hard for them to redeem themselves
1: yeah it's like on on one hand the game came out included in Game Pass, the multiplayer was given away for free at launch. And I wonder if that was a bit of a preemptive strike to, to offset the incoming barrage of negativity, knowing how far behind they were on some of these other deliverables. So maybe it was a bit of a pro-consumer move to try and... Win some good graces. Oh, actually, no, it wasn't because even that, even though the multiplayer was free, the internet still got shitty. That it was the battle pass was janky and the reward system sucked. Oh yeah, and whatever they had else. a lot of
0: issues with that. Yeah, yeah. So
1: even when they gave away stuff for free, the the internet still got mad as as the internet does. Mm-hmm. But it's it's funny because I saw some discourse this week, especially tying this announcement in parallel to the Last of Us Part One remake that's come out, and people were sort of up in arms about paying full price for this game again and it's getting really really re- well reviewed and it looks stunning haven't any haven't played any of the the new last of us that just came out this week or the old new last of us has just come out this week but people are sort of saying why is naughty dog copping so much flack where 343 is only getting a light uh, roasting off this news and and I wonder if it's because there's just been so much, delay in this 12 months Nelly. since the game's come out where there has been delays and things have been moved and shifted and cancelled and, and just uh you know shifted around as far as release dates go and I wonder if it's just because that that shine on that halo as you mentioned it's not there so much anymore people had their fix and they've moved on and a lot of them won't come back but it's funny because my thought process as well is like how many people do I know out there that are really looking forward to the split screen cop anyway like most of the people i know are scattered around the country in the yeah, world so yeah, like yeah. if i'd play i'd play it online anyway so i was sort of like this doesn't hurt me but then i was wondering like who does it hurt And i found one
0: yeah, right here me. on the pod it's me though the, us, us rare couples out there in the universe of gamer one and gamer two who found each other and you know you know, want to play games together, like, yeah, we can use different consoles, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But sometimes that uh, you've got that couch co op experience and you just, you, it, it's, it's, you know, it's close, it's intimate. And then for me, it's nostalgic. Like, I grew up with the couch co op experience and like just seeing more and more and more and more games just not included or just be like, no, just play online, just play online co op, you know? And I'm like, ah, like, I don't know. Is there a need for it? Maybe I'm just being like a little dramatic and a little too attached to the past but i i was genuinely looking forward to doing some couch co-op with like with, with a campaign you know but yeah i there's only i guess few of us
1: it, it is a cute throwback and um you know it, it is a nice idea like like if i was in that scenario as well and my my non-existent partner and i who lived in this place together could play it together that would be a cute thing to do but yeah, sadly, sadly, there's a lot of lot of lonely gamers out there, Miss Hart. You are you are not the norm. You are the outlier. The happily married gaming couple, uh, mm. where it was, you know, the rest of us were just a bunch of bunch of lonely solo gamers out there, just trying to find our player twos. But uh, yeah, you might just have to move the PC and the PC monitor beside the telly, and that's going to be your couch co-op, you're just going to have to sit there together <laughs> and play it that way.
0: So that's it. We're buying two of everything although funnily enough technically we have two xboxes but one's dead (laughs)
1: rest in peace but yeah halo was uh in a very delicate precarious position right now 343 uh trying to plug holes as quick as they can but it just seems they really underestimated this game or or what it's going to take to get this game out in air quotes in full not only last year when it came out originally but the fact that what's this going to be 15, 16 months on from the release uh, to get this next piece of seasonal content and stuff. So it's, yeah, it's uh, not, not all as well at team three, four, three, but you know what? The multiplayer is free. Just play that. Don't get too upset about it. The battle pass system and the rewards you get from it are still pretty shitty, but uh, it's still a ton of fun. It's a good nostalgic. uh, Yeah. Throwback to, to land at home or in, net cafes and stuff but uh yeah miss Hart, that brings us to the end of the news uh obviously we mentioned that that second like that that additional season of halo multiplayer is not going to be dropping until march 2023 but don't worry i got you all covered if you want some new stuff coming out in this coming week new releases and events as far as things making their way to the small screen or the streamers Rick and Morty Season 6 is going to be landing on Netflix this coming week. We've got Obi-Wan Kenobi, A Jedi's Return, which is sort of like a behind-the-scenes slash interconnection um, mm. special they've done that's sort of bridging a bit of the gap between what's Obi-Wan been doing between you know the films and then the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi special that came out this earlier this year. And also, Cobra Kai Season 5 is dropping Jesus. on Netflix. This show cannot be killed. Uh, you know, it is it is sweeping the leg from now until eternity. And truth be told, I haven't even finished season one of Cobra Kai. I thought it was fine.
0: Same. But it
1: just hasn't hooked me the way it's hooked the rest of the internet.
0: Yeah, like, I, I a lot of people loved it. A lot of people um, are, are still in love, loving it. And they get really hyped for every time a season's announced. And there's a lot of old characters coming back it seems, which I think really gets people. But for me, like... I like it was alright the first the first season was alright but yeah it, it, there was a cheese factor in there that was kind of like putting me off a little bit so maybe I'll be able to get over it eventually but mm. hmm.
1: no, you got you got to watch that uh, Isekai wrestling anime I mentioned first before Cobra Kai if you want some cheese you got to get in there and uh, <laughs> check that one out because it is a ripper but uh, yeah nothing really new coming to the big screen this week a few little indies and, and a few foreign films there that could uh, move the needle for some. Uh, games making their way to the various platforms. We've got Temtem, uh, The Tomorrow Children Phoenix Edition, Jack Move, Steel Rising, NBA 2K23, and the other big one, Splatoon 3, all coming out this week.
0: Hell yeah, you'll be finding me out with the ink kids. That sounds bad. But um, <laughs> I will be like headfirst in the Splatoon 3. Um, I'm pretty excited. It's been a long time since I've actually played some Splatoon I assume for the most part it's going to feel much of the same, but um, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed the time where I was like obsessed with Splatoon for almost like half a year um, and really loved the fact that I was out there probably swearing and dropping profanities at probably children. So
1: It's what they deserve sometimes, those damn kids.
0: (laughs) Sometimes you need it. Grown adult just to drop a C-bomb.
1: On on a random connected story note we were playing Fortnite last night and uh benny myself and narcy were in the lobby and some random kid that must have followed Nasty through his friends list kept joining our game and he was like i don't know he would have been i don't know 10 or 12 years old you know young young kid and i guess he didn't have anyone to play with and, and he's like let me stay let me stay." And we kept kicking him out because we're like nah dude we don't know you for one you're a kid what are you doing here ra ra. but he kept kept joining Because I couldn't work out how to close down the party restrictions. So I closed it down to friends only. But then I didn't know that because it's friends only and because it's attached to the party members' friends list as well and because he's friends with Nasi, this kid kept joining in again. And he's like, come on, I'll gift you things. I'll gift you stuff from the store. It's okay, just let me play. I just need to play with somebody. And then he was gifting the free things from the store, which is part of the Pride Week thing that's going on at the moment, which is a great thing that Fortnite's doing. And this went for like five minutes because I couldn't work out how to lock down the party enough. And he just kept jumping back in and begging and talking. And then Nasi and Benny are like, no, get out of here kid. And then we'd kick him and then he jumped straight back in and then his friends joined. So then there was like six, six of us in this lobby because friends of friends of friends were in. And it was like a sitcom going on for this period of time and it was like, you know, three grumpy old men and these young kids trying to get into game with us and dropping terms and whatever. And it was just, oh my God, it was stressful. But we eventually locked down and they're gone for good. And hopefully I never see that kid online or in a party ever again.
0: Yeah, because he could add you as a friend now. Yeah,
1: I blocked him, so he shouldn't be able to. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're done. Cleo something or other, whatever your gamer tag is. You're done. You're done. But yeah, Fortnite's uh Good fun. I enjoy Fortnite very much.
0: Yeah. I haven't been on it so much. I tried playing it on the Switch again and... although I think t- I've got to actually check with my husband. I believe we got a win. or cl- No, I think we did. We got a win. I think we got a win and I was on the Switch and it's unbelievable. But it, nice. oh, it's, it's nasty. It's a nasty experience.
1: It is nasty. Like last night, um, yeah, like myself, Benny... Uh, Nasi and then Garbs joined as well, and we oh, got yeah. we got, went back to back to back. We got the three stack win in a row. There oh. felt really, really good.
0: Damn, I re- I, sh- I should have joined you guys on my Switch. It's just really <laughs> giving you a taste <laughs> of what reality is. <laughs> Let me well, in, guys. Let me play. I'm just it. on my Switch.
1: <laughs> Are you friends with Cleo? Get out of here! Block you as well. <laughs> Who's this Switch user? All right, listeners, that brings us to the end of THG. Two ninety-eight. As I said, be sure to rate your subscribers when you can. Those ratings views help keep the emotional lights on in our hearts. Miss Hart, you got anything else you want to shout out before we close this sucker down?
0: I'm melting, <laughs> melting.
1: All right, eight bit nation. Thanks as always for stopping on by. It's been our pleasure to serve you. Much
0: love and staying hungry.